0: And welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast, a podcast aimed at making your quilting life more fun and creative while connecting with quilters just like you. Join the staff of the magazines you love for a great episode filled with tips and tricks. Enjoy!
1: Hi, and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast. I'm Lindsay Mayland, and I'm so excited to be here with you. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Or for us quilters, let it sew, let it sew, let it sew. Winter is prime quilting time. So today we're sharing some benefits of sewing during these colder months. We also chat with a local quilt shop share details about our 2021 UFO challenge, and given an exciting update about our 1 million pillowcase challenge. So let's dive in. Happy winter. Today is the start of the winter season in the Northern hemisphere. I personally have mixed feelings about winter. I'm not a fan of the severe cold we get in the Midwest and all the shoveling we have to do but winter does allow me a lot more time in my sewing room. I'm here with Elizabeth, the designer of American Patchwork and Quilting, to talk about sewing during these cold months.
2: So we hear from a lot of quilters that winter is their prime sewing time. They're not taking as many vacations, attending outdoor events, or even spending time doing yard work. So to pass the time on their second stuck inside, they get a lot of sewing done. We wanted to share some tips for making the most of
1: this sewing season and ways to step up your winter sewing game. First, let's start with an obvious benefit of sewing during the winter. It contributes positively to your health. So more than three million people in the United States each year suffer from seasonal affective disorder. In fact, January is said to be the saddest month of the year largely due to the lack of sun and the chilly weather. Especially this year with many people still quarantining because of the pandemic, it's possible that you're just not seeing family or getting out of the house much, which could contribute to even more feelings of sadness. But studies show that
2: tactile hobbies such as sewing, embroidery, or knitting can significantly lower stress levels and boost your happiness. It keeps your hands and your mind busy while giving you a goal to accomplish. And it can also help you to feel calm and in control. And these are all positive things for us when the days are short
1: and the nights are long. So true. We've heard from many of you that sewing has kept you sane during this pandemic, and I feel the same way. So we know that during these winter months when we're stuck inside, that sewing will really bring such joy to all of us. Now make sure you're keeping your winter sewing healthy by having the right lighting. You don't wanna cancel all the benefits sewing has by straining your eyesight or hurting your back, hunching over to see things better. So any tips, Elizabeth? Absolutely,
2: and good lighting in your sewing room just protects your eye strain, improves your posture because you don't have to hunch over to see better and it will help you match fabrics better. If your room doesn't have good natural light or you're sewing at night or on a gray day, consider adding extra light to your space with overhead or task lighting. OttLight is a very popular brand of sewing lights and they have types for all spaces and needs. But it could also just be as easy as moving a spare lamp into your space or even changing your bulb to a natural light color bulb. Personally, in my home sewing room, I am blessed with corner windows but all the natural light doesn't help in the winter when the days are shorter. It's also an older home and it doesn't have a ceiling light in that particular room for some reason. So to remedy this, I have added a lighting with a floor lamp and I've also added a small task light that just attaches to my sewing machine. The one I use is a rechargeable LED light from Viva Lux and it just simply velcros onto my, sheen, um, onto my machine. It has a flexible neck so I can direct the light exactly where I need it and it makes such a difference Lindsay.
1: Yeah great tip and product suggestions. I know I'm guilty of starting to sew kind of right after my work day when it's still light outside but then forgetting to turn the lights on once it gets dark or or even doing handwork while we're watching tv at night and we keep the lights dim so that we have that mood lighting while we're watching a show but it's a good reminder that uh that light really does help and it really can affect your eyesight. And also we've mentioned back pain. So if back pain is a problem for you, um, especially if you're sewing longer hours or even more often during the winter, consider the height of your sewing table. So when you sit at your table, your arms and legs should both be at a 90 degree angle. So you can get an adjustable table to position it to the right height or even use risers to raise it. Um, but another great option if you can make the investment is getting a table that lets your sewing machine sit in the base so that the machine bed is even with the table. And some popular brands to check out are So Easy and Koala, but that can help take some of that extra strain off your, your back and arms while you're sewing.
2: Yeah, those are such good suggestions. I know my mom personally loves her Sew so Easy table. Um, she has one fit exactly for her featherweight. Oh, loves it. <laughs> yeah. Um, So sewing in the winter has another benefit we want to talk about. Um, Because the beginning of the year is generally a time when people make resolutions, they feel more motivated, and make time to tackle their goals, you can channel that motivation into your quilting projects. You may want to spend some time at the beginning of the year thinking of some quilting-related goals. Are there any techniques you've been excited to try? Any quilts on your bucket list? or home decor you've been meaning to make. Um, You may even have some UFOs you've been wanting to finish up if you're like me. Now's the time to dream big and use those winter months to
1: jumpstart your goals. I love this idea. Elizabeth, I think you and I are both people who like to make goals and resolutions at the beginning of the year, but I know I find that I'm much stronger at sticking to my goals the first half of the year. And then it seems like I, I lose some of that steam during the summer and, you know, towards the end of the year with the holiday. So. I agree that channeling that excitement that comes from a new year and the excitement of setting goals or finding quilting projects to tackle is a great thing to do in the winter, especially if we have more time in our sewing rooms to make a lot of progress. So Elizabeth, do you have any quilting goals or projects you're tackling this winter?
2: I think my goal this year is just to get things done. (laughs) Um, Since my sewing room had to transform into my work from home office this year, I just haven't quilted as much as I would have liked to. I always have a few UFOs to continue to work on and I also purchased a couple of new patterns this year. So I think I'm just gonna keep it simple and my first goal is to select some fabric for each of them and come up with a plan. I'll probably start by doing a little organization of my fabric stash, and then probably move on to a little retail therapy. (laughs) What about you, Lindsay? Uh,
1: Retail therapy, I love it. (laughs) I might have to add that (laughs) to my list too. Um, Well, I noticed that this year, since working from home more, um, and we've been kind of decorating our, our home a lot more, that I'm missing quilts for quite a few seasons and holidays. So this year, I'm really hoping to fill in some of those quilts that I'm missing so that I have quilts I can just swap out more often to give my home that little extra bit of decor throughout the year so um specifically ones that I have in mind that I'm kind of already starting to plan for um, this winter are a fourth of July quilt and a winter quilt because it seems like I have tons of Christmas things and then I put them all away after Christmas and I don't have anything else to display
2: (laughs) yeah I love that idea of swapping out your quilts for every season that is (laughs) such a fun goal Um, So we have one other benefit to winter sewing that we wanted to share, and that's having a bigger excuse to use those super comfy and cozy fabrics like plush, flannel, and wool. Now, of course, you can use those fabrics all year long, but for some reason, the thought of working with those fabrics in the hot summer months just isn't as appealing as they are in the winter. So it's a great time to stock up on those plush backings, piece of flannel quilt, or sit down with a wool table mat or wall hanging.
1: So cozy! I just love the feeling of sitting down to work on a quilt with those materials. It it truly just makes you feel so warm to touch them. And um, one of my favorite parts of the quilting process is sitting down to hand bind quilts, and where you kind of have that quilt laying on top of you while you do it. It's so warm, and it would be so awesome with a flannel quilt while the snow is falling outside. <laughs> mm-hmm. I agree. Um,
2: There's just like nothing quite like sitting down to sew while it's snowing outside. Um, It just kind of feels like you're inside of a snow globe and the world outside gets all quiet and calm and you can just get lost on a project. So
1: it's a true snow day or as we like to call them, sew days. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So we're going to take a quick ad break, but hang tight. When we come back, we're chatting with a local quilt shop. Welcome back. I'm now handing the mic to Doris for Love Your Local Quilt Shop.
3: Hi, this is Doris Burnett, editor of Quilt Sampler Magazine, with another installment of Love Your Local Quilt Shop, where we feature the community connections and success stories of independent quilt shops. As we all know, the world over (laughs) 2020 has been a most unusual year for everyone, including retail businesses. Today, I'm talking with Kathy Lewis, owner of Serendipity Quilt Shop in Dagsboro, Delaware. Welcome, Kathy. It's nice to chat with you.
4: It's nice to chat with you, too. Thank you for getting in touch.
3: Yeah, you bet. I understand you opened your shop in 2008. Can you tell me a bit about your shop and where you're located?
4: Um, My shop is uh, about 10 miles from the Delaware beaches and Ocean City, Maryland beach. So it's We gather people from all over, especially in the summer. But we do have a very large um, retirement area near us, like the whole state of Southern Delaware. Southern Delaware has become quite the retirement area. So we have a lot of quote unquote local quilters also. Um, My shop, I'm a pretty traditional quilter, or I have been. I just made a quilt with Cafe and one with Tula, so I guess I'm not totally anymore. But um, I, I started out having a lot of traditional, but the people who I've gradually hired have turned me on to other things. And the first person I hired, she was all about batiks, which I was like, batiks, okay. So she made me buy a group of batiks and we have like the biggest selection of batiks probably anywhere. So, um, so it's, it's really, it varies now, all kinds of fabric. We have probably three or 4,000 bolts, I don't really know and um it's good it's fun
3: yeah you've built quite the healthy business over the past what is it 12 13 years
4: yeah 12 and a half yes we didn't get to celebrate our 12th but we'll celebrate our 13th hopefully this summer yes um, i never really advertised i was really lucky because there's a gentleman on our local um delmarva peninsula news that does like stories on the news His name's charles paparelli he does travels with charlie well he happened into my shop with his wife around we opened maybe on a thursday and maybe it was like the next tuesday and he came in and i recognized his voice because i don't necessarily watch the news but i hear it and he had this hat on that said wboc news and he said oh my wife made me turn in here can i bring my microphone and my camera in and we're like okay so so we were on the news in a little story like the second week we were open and then it just like got busy all of it. just it was huge wow what a stroke of luck <laughs> it was it was truly a stroke of luck it, yes it was serendipitous yes 100 <laughs> percent. yes
3: so because of your proximity to Dover Air Force Base, um, Serendipity Quilt Shop has performed a unique service with Quilts of Valor for many years. I would love to hear a little bit more about your Quilts of Valor program.
4: Well, actually, we are maybe an hour from Dover Air Force Base, but that's not how it started. One of my first or my second employees that I hired was happened to be the um, state and her friend, the two state coordinators for Quilts of Valor. So she asked me could we you know do something so we started having monthly or eventually every other month Quilts of Valor days where we set up the machine they had machines so we'd they'd bring them we set them up and invite the community into sew. my little grandson when he was three made a block we, and they, there's a certain block that we do that's like a string quilt block that they never want to change so um and then we got various of the guilds eventually started were more aware so they eventually started offering up um days in their guilds and and quilts from their guilds too so we have a pretty hefty group of people making quilts of valor and then at some point the well the the soldiers um deployed at the port mortuary in dover they are awarded a quilt of valor and so they started coming and helping so and it was it's awesome to see them most of them don't have well, some are women too, but most of them have never looked at a sewing machine, and they send videos of to their wives, you know, of them sewing, and it is very fun to have them. Of course, we haven't done it now for almost a year, but oh, yeah. we will again. And in the meantime, we are st- we collect. We have a bin on our porch for all the things that we collect, like quilts of valor blocks, and so people drop them off when they go by or pick up an order. Um, so we're still collecting, and we're still. Supporting the best we can. That's great. And I love that
3: the soldiers have gotten involved Um, It's awesome. That is just wonderful. That's um, that really touches my heart
4: (laughs) It's great. It's very fun
3: And I know that's not your only service project. You said you had a drop-off thing for the things that you collect Um, you do um, Community service with a local domestic violence shelter. Is that correct?
4: We do. We've done that for years. Um, we have a like a toy chest right next to our front door, and now we have the bin outside where people are encouraged all year, not just at the holidays, to drop off um, new women's and children's pajamas, underwear, clothing, um, that things that we what we say is things you would need if you had to leave in a hurry sure, from your home, sure. and um, kids' craft items, toiletries, toothpaste, whatever. We have a whole list, and um, so we send them stuff fairly often when we're open we have i call them and they come and pick up a whole trunk full of donations usually every few months uh we're still doing it we just haven't had as much so it's kind of bad because i know their need is greater yeah but um well oh, that's great. But that we're we, we continuing the best we can with the people we have here so and and then the other thing we do is uh, we started maybe two years ago a um a placemat program with—it's not Meals on Wheels, but it's our cheer senior centers. They do homebound meals, okay. and we um, donate placemats to them so that hopefully every prog- every person in the program can get a placemat um, to have their meals on. And yeah. they're people are making them like from leftover blocks or you know, whatever, whatever they have panels, they cut up. They're, they're beautiful. We have some beautiful, beautiful donations. And yeah, our local guild here um, in
3: Des Moines does that as well for our meals on wheels program. Um, and
4: yes. A the person bit- who brought it to my attention had, I'm sorry, the person who brought it to my attention had read an article about that. If people have a happy setting and homebound meals, they seem to eat more or healthier. So, Trying to make them happy.
3: Yeah, yeah. Not only, and this year they're probably not getting the visits like they
4: would be able to chat with the person that's dropping off their meals. Um, probably not. Yes, they're probably dropped off outside. I would imagine. Yeah. But we're still sending placemats from our bin on the porch, and the person who is in charge of it for our shop, she collects them whenever we tell her we have enough, and she'll get them to the cheer center that is up next in line to receive them. So that's been good. We feel like we're still doing something. It's just not enough,
3: right? Yeah, it's just like everything. It's slowed down a little bit this year,
4: right? But the other thing I was able to do is um, the Food Bank of Delaware. Uh, I've been contributing to ever since I lived in Delaware, and I got an email saying they have um, virtual food drives. Okay. So I did a serendipity quilt shop virtual food drive. And we've gotten, I don't know, over $1,600 worth of donations for that in the past month. So that was awesome.
3: That's great. Yeah.
4: People are very generous when they have the opportunity, I think. Just have to put it out there.
3: For sure. That's wonderful. So you told me that you have a background of 30 years in public health prior to opening your quilt shop. Um, And because of that knowledge, you shut your doors on March 13th in the midst of an area shop hop that obviously is probably a great source of traffic and sales. Um, and I'm yes. sure it was a bittersweet decision to have to make.
4: Yes, actually my experience, I had some public health, but I was a neonatal nurse specialist and then a nurse midwife. So I was in the community, but I, know I have the knowledge, the public health knowledge, and I, the understanding of what, um, what we needed to do So that it was a very bittersweet, but I didn't feel like I had a choice. It was a no-brainer. Even though it was hard, I was just like, okay, we're done. We're going to do this. We're going to put the passports on the porch. We're going to put the bin with the free pattern. And, you know, we're just going to do it. And the other people in the shops were like, you're kidding. We have two more days, Saturday and Sunday. And I said, it's how it is. We're done. Yeah. And, you know, who knows if it really mattered or not, but my kids were certainly happy I did it.
3: Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. They
4: were worried. They're like, mom, you got to do it for sure. Yeah. Being safe is the important thing. So yes, yes.
3: And I know you furrowed most of your staff at that time, knowing that classes and tourism mm-hmm. and such were coming to a halt. And I understand that you kept your shop manager on and the two of you kept things going. What did that look like? And what were you able to do for your business during that time?
4: Well, actually at the beginning, what we needed to do, we weren't like super good with our inventory and we didn't have our inventory labeled individually a lot of it. We had like groups of fabric under one barcode. So we needed to count everything and get it online individually immediately as fast as we could. So she's really good with the computer and I can count. So I just, and we actually were in here at separate times because we didn't, you know, we didn't weren't doing masks then because we didn't know what, I mean, I was we were just scrubbing everything down between us and she would use one computer and I would use the other and I would count and she would put it in and then we'd get it. We'd started to get new things up because we had just gotten a lot of new fabric because it's when we get our beachy summery guests, they want new stuff. So we got all that in and then we've got, she gradually, by September had everything in, but even before that we had a lot. And so we started doing curbside pickup and um, shipping. And it's, 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 we're treading water, we're doing okay. I know a lot of quilt shops are doing really well because they're open, but, and people are sewing. We're doing okay. And um, the reason we're doing okay really is because my husband and I own the building and I'm not paying rent. That's the huge difference for us it's a big, difference. but I feel like I can't ask my staff to do something I'm not going to do, which is work with other people, yeah, so and nobody wants to, so I'm not going to make them, and I'm not going to do it, so we're doing what we can yeah.
3: well, I'm glad to hear that you're surviving for sure, and we are
4: surviving, and they're ready to knock down the door when we open, so that's good yeah. <laughs>
3: That's the thing. The quilt shop customers are definitely supportive of their quilt shops. So they definitely are. Um, quilt shops are kind of like small communities within themselves. Shop owners and employees develop relationships and friendships with those people that are waiting to beat down your doors. Um, Absolutely. You have to stay connected with those regular customers um, when you're unable to greet them coming through the doors. What have you been able to do?
4: Well, the first thing we did is um, we were on Facebook and I'm not like super internet savvy, but I do have a young woman who uh, is a long armor and who also works here twice a month. She's really good at it. And Bonnie, my manager is really good at it. So, and I had a person who taught for me occasionally and I had her, we, oh, we created a serendipity, stir stir crazy serendipity I forget the name of it. Um, Facebook page, a private Facebook page, and um, people just joined like crazy. And I had a person who taught for me make up a um, some quilt patterns, some so longs, two so longs. One okay. was stars over serendipity. The first one, people made it like crazy, and it was great. And I think it was twelve weeks. There was a block, and we put it on Facebook, but we also put the free patterns on our website and then um, they could show their quilt on a finished quilt top on the stir crazy page by a certain date and be in a drawing for a gift card so that that was good and a lot of people did it. We finished that one they were clamoring for more so she designed one that was um, two different blocks one houses and one quilts with blocks with quilt blocks in between them they're on our website too and that was really a hit and people really they did both they did one they did more than one of the like more than one house quilt for gifts it was very very fun by then we were at the end of the summer and she designed a mystery quilt but we decided that that was 12 weeks and it was going to be too close to christmas to do it so that's actually going to debut in january Okay. And um, so, in the meantime, we did just little countdown to 2021, little projects, which were stupid, but they kept people engaged and actually give
3: people something know. to do, especially if they're stuck at home. Um,
4: yes, yes,
3: yes. A little Christmas, whatever. So, we we'll have little time on our hands mm-hmm. these
4: days, a lot of us. So, yeah, we do. Um, I feel like days aren't long enough, but most people have lots of time.
3: <laughs> <laughs> You're keeping busy with your. Um, Inventory uh, shipping and all of that so
4: well, and sewing and we've decided we needed to we don't want the shop when we open to look old, so we're making all new samples and we're rearranging and we I've ordered enough so that there is a lot of new stuff that's just not all new or anything but um, and we've we've sold we've put a lot of our sale fabric really on sale, so our goal is to get rid of it as much as possible okay. so what's here will be newer. <laughs>
3: And so i know your um shop remains closed to customers to this day yeah what yes are you hoping to be able to reopen soon
4: well we were thinking the end of january but now the virus is so high the rate is so high now that i'm not sure we are we're going to be ready by then so like we're taking our time moving things around and preparing and trying to figure out how to have an online store and a Brick and mortar store at the same time computer wise and staffing wise and everything so we're taking our time with all of that but we're getting it done so that we'll be ready to go as soon as we decide it's safe for us
3: yeah that's great that's great yeah, yeah. what we can do yeah Right, exactly. Do what we can do at this point, right? Yes, yes. I want to thank you again for chatting with me today. All of us here at American Patchwork and Quilting wish you, your husband, and your employees great success in the coming year. And I hope you are able to open up um, very soon in the coming months.
4: We hope so, too. Thank you. And I hope that your business is going well, too.
3: Thank you. We are doing well. And listeners, if you're interested in shopping Serendipity Quilt Shop or downloading the free patterns that she mentioned were designed for their shop hop and many more free patterns, visit their website at serendipityquiltshop.com.
1: Thanks so much, Kathy and Doris, for sharing that with us. We love highlighting how local quilt shops are making such a difference in their communities. They're such an important part of the quilting industry, quilters' lives, and even their towns. Like Dora said, we'll link to Serendipity's website and social media sites so that you can support their shop and their donation efforts if you'd like. And remember to support your own local quilt shop when you can. We're going to take a quick ad break, but when we come back, we're sharing more about our UFO Challenge and our One Million Pillowcase Challenge. Welcome back. We're diving into a segment called UFO Challenge, Where we address common finishing problems so that you can complete your unfinished objects and since it's the end of the year we're excited to talk about our 2021 ufo challenge for those who are unfamiliar with the term a ufo stands for unfinished object and is very common among quilters even quilters who have only been quilting a few years may have a few lying around A UFO, or work in progress, refers to any project you've started but have stopped making progress on. It's possible you ran out of fabric and had to put the project aside while you tracked down more. You may have lost interest in the project after a few months and pushed it aside for something new and exciting. You may even have got stuck on a step of the project, like quilting or binding it, and decided you didn't have the time or energy to continue with it. There are a multitude of reasons you may have an unfinished project. And there's no shame. But for many of us, when UFOs start piling up, it can cause some problems. First of all, UFOs take up space in our sewing rooms. You may have them in boxes and bags and sitting on shelves or in closets. That space can start to eat into your fabric storage space and can cause vis- visible clutter. Those unfinished projects can also cause stress or guilt. Have you ever wanted to start a new project but then remembered the pile of unfinished ones waiting for your attention? Did you ever buy fabric for a project but haven't even cut into it yet because you stopped working on the quilt? Having a long list of unfinished projects can add extra weight to your quilting to-do list and make you conflicted about where your, pres- your precious quilting time should be spent. UFOs can also block your creativity. If you're weighed down by all the projects waiting for your attention, you may not feel completely free to start new passion projects, try a new technique, or even join a fun sew-along. Of course, we know it's impossible to keep your UFOs from piling up. So many quilters are excited to start new projects or just don't have enough time in the day to finish everything they start. We totally understand. But to help, we created the American Patchwork and Quilting UFO Challenge. We think this challenge brings renewed energy to the projects that have been sitting around for a while. Our UFO challenge isn't a new idea. In fact, this is our seventh year doing it with our audience, and every year more people find us and join in. So here's the basic idea of how this UFO challenge works. You download our handy challenge chart, and we'll link to that in the show notes. Then you fill in 12 projects that you want to finish this year. You can choose from any of your UFOs. You can also add projects that have been on your long-time to-do list, Uh, embroidery, knitting, crochet, scrapbooking, painting, basically anything creative can count toward your list too. And while many people only make one list, we've seen quite a few people do multiple lists each year. So for instance, they may have one list of 12 projects that uh, may be those just waiting to be quilted. One list may be for their in progress projects, and other lists may be for charity quilts, blocks of the months, or even kits. These are really rough rules. We want to make the challenge work for you, so use these lists however is the most helpful. On the first of each month, we randomly draw a number 1 through 12, and that number corresponds with the numbers on your challenge list and will be the project you work on throughout the month. The list has a place for you to fill in the description of where you were in the project before you start. And we also post this number on our website, on Facebook, and on Instagram. At the end of the month, fill in your progress and post pictures for everyone to see. We have an exclusive Facebook group for the challenge that's very supportive but you can also hashtag your pictures on Instagram using the hashtag APQResolution. By the end of the year, you'll have 12 finished projects, or you'll at least have made a significant dent in your stack of UFOs. Over the years, our Facebook group has grown to over 12,000 members, We've seen their amazing progress and finishes on their projects, so we know that this challenge works. and it's so inspiring people. Uh, it's so inspiring to see these people finish their projects and see the community support each other. and they're so proud of their their progress. so that's been really fun to see. So this challenge officially starts on January 1st every year. But it's never too late to join, so if you're hearing this later in the year, just jump on in. It's always the right time to join in. And if you've been part of this challenge for a long time, we have some updates this year we think you'll really like. So new to the challenge this year is monthly organizing challenges. So we heard from many people that although they've loved getting their UFOs under control they'd like the same control to extend to other areas of their sewing life so we're hosting these totally optional organizing challenges for those who need it and a little sneak peek for you Uh, no one we haven't announced this to anyone yet but so you guys are hearing this first our challenge in january is uh, to organize your unfinished projects uh, so we have a lot of great tips coming on how to tackle that and get organized so that you can make progress this year. So if this challenge sounds like something you need in your life, you can visit uh, the link in our show notes for all the details. And we can't wait for you to join us. It's going to be such a fun year. Next, we have a super exciting announcement to share from our entire staff. Jody, why don't you start us off?
4: I'm Jody Sanders, editor of American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine. Ten years ago, we had kind of this crazy idea. We wanted to know if our readers would make one million pillowcases that then would be donated to their local charity of choice. Well, we watched each year as the numbers grew and grew, and I'm so excited today to tell you we have reached our goal of one million pillowcases. Now we wanna thank all of those who participated. You might've been an individual or a quilt group or a guild. You might've been a part of a church group that participated, or maybe you were a shop that hosted a sew-in. Maybe you were one of our industry partners and you helped provide materials. We are so thankful for all of the support that we had through the last 10 years.
2: And we just wanna say thank you so much. Thank you for helping to make a difference.
1: We appreciate all of your hard work.
2: We'd like to send you our heartfelt thanks. Thanks a million.
1: Thank you so much.
0: You all are incredible. Because of your hard work and dedication to the cause, more than 1 million people in need have received a handmade pillowcase. Now the recipients might've been a child in the hospital or someone in a nursing home have been a person in a homeless shelter or a domestic violence shelter it could have been a veteran or a child in foster care or many many others we've heard so many stories of people that have received the pillowcases and we know that each pillowcase provides a little bit of comfort and a smile just knowing someone cares the quilting community really came together to make this happen Thank you, thank you, thank you to all our fabulous fans who made pillowcases and helped us reach this incredible goal of 1 million pillowcases donated to charity. So even though we've reached our goal, the need for pillowcases doesn't stop. We will be transitioning our top pillowcase patterns, resources, charity suggestions, and counter to a more streamlined page, but at the same web address. We know so many people love making pillowcases, and we also know how much they mean to the recipients. We encourage you to continue the mission of sewing pillowcases for charity, and we'll continue to update our counter as you record your pillowcase numbers.
1: Isn't that exciting? So many of our podcast listeners made pillowcases, so we're really grateful for all your help in reaching this goal. And like Beth said, the need for pillowcases doesn't end. So if you're passionate about this charity project, we'll still have the resources available so that you can continue to make and donate pillowcases to charities in your area. Before we leave today, we'd love to ask a huge favor. We'd be so honored if you shared this podcast with other quilters who need that weekly inspiration and motivation. We love connecting with all of our listeners and sharing this time with you each week, and it's so helpful to us when you spread the word. Or you can even leave a review of the podcast to help others find us. And for those celebrating this week, have a very Merry Christmas.
0: All and thanks for listening keep in touch American Patrick and Quilting is on Facebook Pinterest and Instagram at All Quilt. email us at apqpodcast at meredith.com resources for this week can be found at allpeoplequilt.com slash podcast and if you love the American Patrick and Quilting podcast please subscribe on your favorite podcast app for free and don't forget to rate and review the show it helps other quilters find us Have a creative week.